So for the last uh, few months, of course, we've been going through Matthew 24, uh, taking a deeper look at some of the areas of Matthew 24. I'm sure there's areas that we'll have looked at here and we'll come to greater understandings than what we have up to date because the Lord continues to grow in us. And as he continues to grow in us, uh, we continue to come to uh, greater understanding. It's uh, really the growth of the Lord, the growing up in him that I believe brings understanding. As he's known, we come to understanding. That's just the way he is. As we know him, you, you know, we understand. I, I made a comment in the conference uh, that I'm going to repeat because I think it's really necessary. I probably won't say it just like I did in the conference, but I'm going to repeat it. What is truth? What is really true? Is that revealed by the Spirit of Jesus Christ? That's the truth. We may have ideas of things, good ideas, concepts of things, but truth is simply that of Jesus Christ revealed in our hearts. And unless we're understanding Scripture or our relationship with God according to that, we most likely are not understanding in the truth. So, period. Now, that goes for all of us. And all our heart, I, I, I'm going to get in the lesson, but I won't really want to stress this. It's a stress in me. All our hearts are to be set upon him, the knowing of him. See, see, truthfully, it's not the, so much the knowing of the Bible as it is to knowing him. It's not so much of a revelation of the scripture as it is the revelation of the person of the scripture. I could get most of the Bible, potentially, I, I mean, I don't think you could naturally understand even the written word, but let's say you could, you could quote the Bible, you could have a, you, you could come to an understanding of some of probably the basics in the scripture, like you are the house of God. But to really know you are the house of God, to know you're a member of the building, you need to know him. So, so everything we're looking at is to know him, to minister him, to, to bring a people into the knowledge of him. That's got to be the view. So all spiritual understanding, I believe, is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. If it's not wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ, it's probably just not spiritual understanding. So 
you know, I, I said that because it was on my heart. But now to get back into where we've been at, we for the last, this will be the third week, and I I will most likely do a fourth one. Uh, we'll see on on this set of scripture. We'll just have to see. But in Matthew 24 and verses 31, or we start verse 30, it says in verse 30, Matthew 24, verse 30, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send forth his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now from the fig tree, learn her parable, when her branch is now become tender and putteth forth its leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So when you look at this, we, we talked about the angels as not just being what we viewed as angelic creatures but as the ministry, and I'll put out my stipulation one more time, I'm not telling you there are not angels, but what I'm telling you in the scripture, ministering spirits, ministry, is referred to, messengers are referred to as, as angels. So when you look at this, he shall send forth his angels, and just to bring your mind Jesus told his disciples that in the resurrection, they would be as angels. All right. Now, if I believe the resurrection is an event in the future, that would mean sometime in the future, they'll be as angels. Okay. If in fact, he is the resurrection, like he says he is, and they were in the resurrection, like Paul said, we are raised up together with him, then they would be his angels. So when he shall send forth his angels to gather his elect, I believe it's dealing with the disciples, the apostles. And they begin to speak a message in their day that gathered the elect. And we went through last week, the elect. What made you the elect? And just, you, you know, Jacob have I chosen. Esau was rejected. Okay. And that election, just like in Isaac shall thy seed be called, that election was made in a seed. We dealt with this last week. It was made in a person. So Isaac was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the elect precious of God, according to Peter, just to bring our minds back to that a moment. And when we are in him, we are elect. That makes sense? If you're in Christ, you're elect. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son 
has not lacked. So to be elect, I believe, I believe it's really taught out of Isaac. There in the book of, of Romans, where we were at last week, where God is talking about, in Isaac will thy seed be called, is speaking that, and, what, and I said this last week, in order to be of that seed, what did you have to do? Be born. You, you didn't have to do anything else but be born. Now, in order to be of this seed, what do you have to do? Be born. Jesus says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So to be this seed, chosen, elect, precious, you are born of him. He is in you, and you are in him. Now I believe we come to the elect. I believe that. And you can go back through last week. You can go back through the week before and listen a little more in depth on the what was said about the angels. And tonight we're looking at the voice of a trumpet. The voice. So the elect shall gather, send forth his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And I believe they're sent forth with his voice. His voice is the great sound of the trumpet. Okay. I'll repeat that one more time. His voice is the sound of the trumpet. All right, specifically, Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. What would, did the voice sound like? A trumpet. A trumpet is declaring, according to the Apostle Paul, a when he gets into the book of Corinthians, and I, I don't think he says trumpet, but he talks about musical instruments. Maybe he does, but a distinct sound. So, so everything has a distinct sound. So this voice as a trumpet has a distinct sound. And in the Old Testament, the trumpets were used on the feast days, which we looked at, to gather Israel together to the feast. The trumpets were used to gather them to battle. The trumpets were used to gather them to Mount Sinai for the giving of the word. So the trumpet sound gathers the people, the voice of the trumpet gathers the people to the Lord. Simply what it does. So you hear the voice of a trumpet and it gathers together unto the Lord. And you can go through and read, we've, we've read this in the past, what John saw. One, likened to the Son of Man. One in the midst of the church. 
one in the seven candlesticks. Having hair white as wool, eyes as a flame of fire, feet as burning brass. To me, John is seeing the fulfillment in Christ. He's declaring to the church what Christ has fulfilled. I've not that I've taught on this, but the feet of brass. Looking at the feet of brass, where do you find brass at? The brazen altar. The brazen labor. And you find John falling at his feet. And I've said this many times, significance to what's significant to John falling at his feet is that's, Altar was the place of death. That's what that altar was. So John fell down at the brass altar. Speaking of death. Okay. That's where we all come to, through him. We come into the judgment of that altar, a judgment of death. Buried with him. And then as we begin to ascend in him, if you if you look at if you look at the temple this way and you consider this, hereafter you shall see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man, ascending and descending. You can find an ascension going on through the description of him in the temple. In the temple. From the Brazen altar to the Holy of Holies. Do you see that? You're moving in a ascension in that very temple as it is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't want to leave any part of it out. I've come to realize recently, we talk about fullness. And sometimes we talk about fullness as if that's just the, the holy of holies. Well, that's the fullness. Well, this thought began to work in my mind that if I had the fullness, I would have the whole thing. <laughs> if I only had the holy of holies, I may only have a part. Okay. I may still be in a part realm, if I can use that word. But if I'm operating in fullness, then I may be operating from the brazen altar to the Holy of Holies and everything in between. That would be fullness. That we're everywhere in between. So, so we're able to minister to the need present, to bring people to a fuller, greater relationship with the Lord. But the but coming back to the voice, the voice is together, together. That's what the voice of the trumpet is. That's what you'll find in the Old Testament. It's a gathering together, and where we're gathered together at is in Christ. He has gathered together all 
in one. Now he's done that. So this voice declares our gathering. That's what it declares our gathering. It begins to show that he has one body. It is built upon one foundation. It is built up on one truth. It is built up on him. So that's what it begins to show. So in Revelation chapter 4, again, he says, and after these things, Revelation 4.1, and after these things I saw, and behold, a door opened in heaven, and the first voice that I heard, a voice as of a trumpet, speaking with me, one saying, come up hither. Now here's an open door, a door open. And here's an ascension. Come up here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, the voice of a trumpet, I will come in and sup with him, and he with me. So you're going to ascend, so to speak, out of the earth realm, <laughs> and sup with him. Eat his flesh and drink his blood. Come up and view the throne. The holy holies. Because that's what come into view here was the throne. Comes right into view. So a door's open. The veil's been rent. And that voice is speaking. Come up here, and I, I will show you things which must come to pass. Straightway I was in the Spirit. So immediately, uh, hearing this voice, John saw he was in the Spirit. What does the Apostle Paul declare in his word? You are no longer in the flesh, but we're in the Spirit. If the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. So you're no longer in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. And what's the dependence of that? If the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. That's what's dependent. If the Spirit of Christ dwells in you. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Okay? But now I hear that voice. To be called up with the Lord. To come to the place that God has brought us. To live in the reality that God has secured you and I in in Christ. Okay? Turn to... Oh, I've got several places I want to turn. Uh, John, I guess I'll turn to John 5 first. 
and then we'll come back to Revelation, to the book of Revelation chapter 10. So I'll give you two places in a row. But John 5. And in John 5, Jesus says, I'll let you get there. Verse 24. And, and, and this is the spirit, verse 24. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, according to the translation, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Wow. Now, that small statement there, if you could get the church to get caught up there, ascend right there. He that hears my voice and believes on him that sent me has eternal life. We've dealt with this over and over. Christ is our life. So eternal life is Christ. So you have all the benefits, Christ and his benefits dwelling in you, eternal life. And you have passed from death. You have passed. You have passed already. You shall not come into judgment, but have passed out of death in life. So, so he's already your judgment. Here's your judgment. Him. As he is, so are we. So there's your judgment. You're, so, so if you could get Christians to understand this, hear the voice. Hear the voice. Be caught up into what the voice is saying. Not what everybody else is saying. Doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. What matters is what the voice is saying. So I hear the voice, and the voice says, I have life. Now I need to understand the life I have. I need to understand the life he is. The life I have is him. The eternal life I have is him. Him living in me eternally, me living in him eternally. So what he's secured for me is everything he is and everything he's fulfilled and everything he's completed. Okay, he's. So now going on into this, because I could stay in this one verse probably the rest of the night. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is. Huh. Some people say, well, this is going to happen. <laughs> Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father have life in himself, even so he have given to the Son also to have life in himself, and he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. He that hath the Son have life, he that have not the Son have not life. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who have done good, did the good deeds, 
to a resurrection of life and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of, of judgment. Now, I could say Jesus is both of them. He's life unto one. He's judgment to another. I mean, he's the judgment. He's the judge of the quick, the living, and the dead. And he sent this forth in the earth that whosoever believeth on me has eternal life, has living water. You go on and on. So hear this voice. So, so I get called up to this voice. Now I turn over to Revelation chapter 10. I'll let you get there because I've got it in my notes. So I can get there real fast. Revelation 10 and 1. And it says here. And I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, arrayed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head. And his face was as the sun, his feet as pillars of fire. Now, if this is literal, he's got a rainbow on his head. He would be covered or arrayed in a cloud. So I, I don't know or don't believe this is literal. Okay, but he's the rainbow. I believe he's speaking of the covenant, the new covenant. He's coming in the cloud. He's in the cloud. Here he is, maybe even the cloud, but he's, or a cloud, not the cloud. The cloud, the presence of God, but a cloud. But he says, and I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, arrayed with a cloud, and the rainbow was up on his head, and his face was as the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire, and he had his hand a little book open, and he's at his right foot upon the sea and the left upon the earth. Now, I'm going to suggest to you that the sea is the, is the Gentiles, humanity. I'm going to suggest to you that the earth may be Jerusalem or Israel. So his feet set upon the sea. You can go through the Old Testament, and you can see where waters ran out of the temple down into the sea. Okay, you can go there and look at it. I believe in Isaiah and Ezekiel, and you can even see that the disciples were called fishers of men. They cast their nets into the sea. So, so this angel sets his foot upon, I believe, both Israel and Gentiles, and he cried with a loud voice, a great voice as a lion roars, and when he cried, cried seven thunders uttered their their voices. And when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up these things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. I'm going to suggest to you that these things, and I surely don't have all the understanding of this, but I'm going to suggest they have to be revealed, that Paul, the apostle Paul was preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ, something that couldn't be taught out of a book, but had to be revealed by the Spirit of the living God. So here 
you you go some things which seven verse five and the angel that I saw standing upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his right hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created the heaven and the things therein and the earth and the things therein and the sea and the things therein that there should be delay no longer but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he is about to sound then is finished the mystery of God according to the good tidings which he declared to his servants, the prophets. Wow. So the good tidings that was declared to the prophets is finished. Where was that finished at? But Christ. Who declared that to the church? Paul. Okay, look, and we'll stop here. Go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1, 24. It says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and fill up on my part, that which is lacking of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given me to you to fulfill the word of God. You know what Paul said he's given to do? Fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which have been hid for ages and generations, but now hath it been made manifested to his saints, to whom God was pleased to make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we proclaim, admonishing every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ, whereunto I labor, also striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So, so where we were at in Revelation chapter 10, the angel was going to the days of the seventh angel. Then is finished the mystery of God. Time will be no more, the King James says. The mystery of God is complete. Okay. The voice declaring the mystery of God is complete. And the good tidings, which was in the prophets, will be made known to you. Wherefore, whereof, back in Colossians, whereof I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which was given to me to you, to fulfill the word of God, the mystery that had been hid. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is that seven thunders uttering their voice? Just saying. Christ in you. That the fullness, I mean, a lot of times when you're dealing with seven, you're dealing with completion. 
you're dealing with something that the seventh day, it was complete to seven spirits of God. You have a completion, Christ in you. Paul was presenting man, those that have believed, those in the church as complete. Of him living in them as their completion. Now, you can search this out. I, I, I saying this is hundred uh, percent accurate. Uh, I, I probably lean strongly this way. He had. Did Paul have a rainbow? Upon his head. Was he declaring the new covenant? Was he caught up in the third heaven, maybe clothed in a cloud, clothed up on the Christ? Was he declaring the mystery of God all through his epistles? Even Peter says some of the things he's declaring is hard to understand. So, so here we go, and was he speaking to you out of the voice of God? Absolutely. Not out of his own voice. But see here... Paul was probably as much as anyone declaring the new covenant. And he declared it to the Jew first. And I believe it was Paul in the book of Acts that said, when, he, when the Jews wouldn't receive the word, he told them, I'm going to turn and go to the Gentile. So I'm going to suggest to you, he may have had his foot up on the sand or up on the earth and up on the sea. Okay, I'm going to suggest that to you. But the, but the voice he declared, so I can learn all this, but the voice he was declaring was bringing a people to the Lord. I've espoused you to one husband. So, so, so the voice that was coming through the Apostle Paul was all about the church being one, was gathering a people into one. Just like Jesus declared in John 17, just like Jesus prayed that they may be one as we are one. That's what Paul's ministry ministry really was. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You in Christ. Bringing you into a oneness with the Lord. All through his epistles. That they may be one as we are one. And so this voice bringing, this voice of God coming through Paul bringing a people to the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, a complete man, a man without lack. And the supply of this man, I believe, was in type and shadow in the garden. Notice I said in type and shadow. I believe Adam, in type and shadow, had the, the supply of God in the garden. In a very natural way. The water, the what, the, the dew coming up, watering the grass, all the all the fruit of the of the field and everything. So and I believe we see that type and shadow again with the Israelites. They come and they're in this providence of God. They're in this continual place with God where, where, where God's providing for them. You know, even, even when they're walking in the desert, their shoes aren't wearing out, but they come over into Canaan and they come into fruit so big, so great that they can't even uh, carry it. 
because I believe it's speaking of what we're in, not in a type and shadow, but in a reality. So now the completion that we're in is that everything that's in the person of Jesus Christ, everything he's secured for us, is made available to us. Yes, everything. That's why I don't want to leave anything out. I want the fullness of it. I want the brazen altar to the wisdom and knowledge and understanding the hair white as wool. I want the fullness of it. I want the refining power of the eyes, of the seeing that's like a flame of fire that would refine everything to his own glorious image and character. I want the whole measure of him. I want you to have it, not just me. I ain't selfish. Because that of God in me wants to share it, wants to bring everyone into this great relationship, called into the fellowship of God's dear son, a people called there to fellowship Christ. So, so as we as we end tonight, I know I've been a long time in Thessalonians. Let's let's just take the trumpet in Thessalonians for a moment and we'll end here tonight. We'll, Lord willing, we may pick this up again. We'll see next week. We may and we may not, but we'll see. In first Thessalonians four it says verse thirteen. I'll let you get there. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. Here's that voice again. That... We who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend with a shout. Okay, now I, I see something here I don't know that I've ever seen. The Lord will descend with a shout, with the voice of the arch. Archangel. Now, is the voice of the archangel coming through the Lord? Or is it coming through an archangel I hear blowing a horn? Just a thought. The Lord will descend with a shout. That word is a command. With a voice. Archangel could be the chief of angels. It could also be the ruler of angels. And he's sending out his angels to gather his elect. Okay, And what they're gathering with is his word. They're not gathering with their own word. They're gathering with his word. All right. So... With And with the trumpet of God, okay, the trumpet of God, I heard a voice as a trumpet. That's 
definitely Christ, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, maybe maybe he's saying we first we <laughs> die because <laughs> we're baptized into his death. Then we who are alive and remain will be called up together with them, those that were asleep, in the clouds to, to meet. The word here, to meet, means a meeting. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm wondering if this could be interpreted a meeting in the Lord, in the air or the atmosphere. And so will we always be with the Lord? Is that not what he said at that day? You'll know I'm in the Father, you're in me. And I'm in you. So the dead in Christ will, will rise first. That word first means what? It means before, at the beginning, in the first place. I believe it, it also, I believe anyway, before at the beginning, chiefly at the first, first of all, is, is so the dead in Christ, I believe we're baptized in his death. Then we rise in him, and we remain in him. We're caught up in him, and we're with all those who slept. So we don't prevent those that slept. Because this voice brings us all to him. Now, like I said, I'm sure there's more to understand it. But it's the voice of a trumpet. And the voice of a trumpet brings us to the Lord to remain there. Now, this is what I believe many of us are after because we've had great experiences. We've had great fellowship with God. We live in great fellowship with God. Great fellowship with one another is to remain. Yeah, to remain there in Christ where he's brought us. Well, I'll stop here. You can uh, look at it, think on it, discuss it. But God bless you. I sure have enjoyed sharing this. And I'm going to stop the, uh, the recording now. God bless you.